This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. At some point far in the future, historians will probably ask, what was daily life like in the early 21st century? Well, one thing we know for sure, nobody will ever point to these two clowns and say, This was how you should have been stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and happy Etch-A-Sketch Day. Today, we're drawing up a great show, including a talk about awkward money situations. How do you handle these awkward money moments? We'll ask our roundtable panelists, including, from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. From this podcast, OG. And from LenPenzo.com, it's Taylor Swift. (laughs) I'm just kidding. She's busy working extra shifts at the grocery store, so someday she can buy back her music catalog. It's just Len Penzo again. Plus, with privacy and credit card numbers in the news nearly daily, how do you avoid having your credit information stolen? On today's Friday FinTech segment, we welcome the CEO of one company with a solution. From Token, say hello to Zohar Steinberg. And that's not all. We'll also help magnify someone's money, and our contestants will duke it out over my amazing trivia. And now, a guy who's hoping for another holiday weekend and coming up empty, it's Joe Salcija. It is a bummer when you get all those holiday weekends in a row, isn't it? And then, surprise, we don't have one. We don't have two in a row. Hey, everybody, I am Joe Salcija. I average Joe Money on Twitter. And welcome back to another Friday. And here helping me kick off the weekend directly across the card table and a lot of times we say euphemistically across the card table but today he's actually sitting right across the card table from me my good friend og i'm knocking on the card table see thank you legitimately here that is fantastic because usually just phone it in literally (laughs) literally phone it in (laughs) literally phone it in yeah how was your day today man busy 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 happy weekend coming up thankfully yeah about time it's about time. And somebody else who's partying this weekend, I'm sure, out in uh, the deserts around Las Vegas, it's our friend Paula Pant. I am definitely phoning it in. <laughs> Just like every other Friday. Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm here, but only kind of. It's like, whatever. Uh, listen, if we could just move this along, that'd be way better. <laughs> chop, chop, people. Places to go, people to see. Yes. Exactly. Well, you know, it could be worse, Paula. You know how? How is that? You could be in a bunker deep under Los Angeles. Oh, that's where our friend Len Penzo is. You know, Zohar Steinberg, wasn't that one of the aliens on the outer limits? I don't. You know he's upstairs with mom right now, don't you? I know. I better. I'm going to get in trouble. I know. (laughs) Sorry, Zohar. Don't zap me and turn me into a, a fish or something. Dude, well, and he knows he knows everything about like how identities get stolen and credit card information gets stolen. So you don't want to mess with Zohar. No, I'm sorry, Zohar. I take it all back. Yes, no. You might be packing your luggage and heading someplace way far away. <laughs> well, I'll just double lock the the bunker door. It's secure. No, pack your luggage and head someplace <laughs> far, far away. Because Len, this episode of Stacky Benjamin is brought to you by Away. Away makes 
Who knew? First class luggage at Coach Prices that allows you to charge your phone on the go for $20 off a suitcase. Head to awaytravel.com forward slash SB20 and use promo code SB20. See, you're all set. Can I try SB45 or <laughs> SB50? Ooh, SB220. <laughs> just just type in another two and we'll see what happens. It, yeah, just just try. Thank you, Way Luggage. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Make our favorite sponsor go bye-bye, Paula. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, SB20. Away, Paula was the one that said that. We got a great show today talking about <laughs> awkward money situations. My money situation with Away just got more awkward. We want to make sure your money situation isn't very awkward. So let's uh, let's talk about this headline. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from U.S. News and World Report. This is written by my old editor, Susanna Snyder over there, senior editor, personal finance. Check, please. Paying the bill in six awkward situations. Uh, Susanna writes, we've all been there. The check arrives after a decadent restaurant meal and the vibe at the table flips from amiable to awkward. Should you split the bill with the other diners? Let your host cover it. And who pays for the guest of honor? Here's how to navigate the tab in six awkward bill splitting situations. I, I always find this to be just absolutely frustrating. I remember going to a dinner once in Washington, D.C. with some friends and with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and the check came and immediately they wouldn't they wouldn't just split up the check. They immediately made us do some math and decide who it was. And I actually went to the manager and said, you can't just split the check. No, 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 we can't do that. Okay, so Mm -hmm. now everybody does their math. By the way, my brother-in-law Shout out to my brother-in-law. Decided to go forty dollars cheap and thought nobody would notice. He's like, "I'm in for uh, what? About twenty guys? Here you go." Oh, it was amazing, and yeah, that's a different story. But anyway, let's go through these situations. Paula will put you on the spot first to celebrate mm-hmm. your birthday. You invite a group of friends to dine at your favorite restaurant. You invited a group of friends to dine at your favorite restaurant. The bill mm-hmm. comes. What do you do? Well. Can I admit that I've read the article and I know the answer? Oh, (laughs) what were you thinking before that? I was actually surprised by this because every time that I've gone out for my birthday or that a friend has gone out for their birthday, the tradition among our group of friends is that the birthday girl never pays. So the, the rest of the friend group picks up the tab for the person celebrating the birthday. According to this article, The birthday person, since they're the one who did the inviting and they're the one hosting their own dinner, they're supposed to pick up the tab, which is totally the opposite of how we've always done it. Do you think that's right, though? The onus is on you? I mean, I I generally think that, hey, I want my friends around me for my birthday. And by the way, I guess I might be willing to pick up the tab. But I I would think you're not my friend for very long if you guys if you guys don't, you know, at least chip in a little bit. It's your birthday. That's the day you're supposed to be receiving gifts. So it just makes sense that on that day of all days, that should be the day that your friends cover your tab, not vice versa. But I guess, Len, isn't it kind of like you giving yourself a gift if you're the one that invited everybody and then you expect them to pay? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's um, I'm with her here on this. If you invite, uh, you're treating unless you make it clear up front that, you know, everybody's paying for me or whatever but yeah i mean that's a simple rule if, if you're if you're inviting you're treating I, I i agree with that it'd be no different if you had a party at your house you know you might have your buddy bring a six-pack of beer like hey i, I brought this you know to kind of chip in but you don't expect them to show up and throw into the kitty i I, had, I hosted a uh bachelor party at my house years ago for one of my best friends not you joe <laughs> and i was very surprised I didn't know the group of friends very well. It was my friend, and then he invited a lot of his college friends. And, you know, I was at my house, and somebody walked in and said, where do we put the money? And I said, money? What What, what do you mean? And he says, oh, yeah, we, we all throw in for these things. What do we owe you? And I said, oh, no, I, you know, I'm hosting it. It's mine. And one, one of the guys just took it. He said, all right, I'll, t- I'll collect the money and give it to you at the end. And he made everybody pay 50 bucks. Wow. So I walked out of there with two grand. I was like, who, who wants to get married next week? <laughs> I, got another one, you know, I got another one of these coming. Oh, geez, got a new service. Yeah. You get Subway sandwiches and, <laughs> right, uh, right. and it costs $50. Some Triscuits and it's 50 bucks. Yeah. So you Our, invite it. I say you invite the party. You're paying the bill. 
Well, let's look at the second one here. Today's your best friend's birthday, and you've invited the whole group of friends to the restaurant, Len. In your group of friends, in that situation, who pays? Okay. I've invited a whole bunch of friends for one of my other friends' birthdays. If I don't tell my other friends who I'm inviting in advance that they're going to chip in, it's on me again. That's just how I feel. It's like, that's, you know, what, what do you say? You invite, I mean... This article is pretty much always boils down to who does the inviting does the paying. And I, you know, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. But is that, that doesn't sound like the way it works at all with your group then Paula? No, not at all. I mean, in our group, if it's a birthday, the birthday person never pays. Everybody else chips in in order to honor her birthday. Oh, gee. So well, I was going to say, what if it's like a, you know, is, is this Paula for your folks? Is this more of like a standing thing? Where mm-hmm. every month y'all get together and and it's you know Susan's birthday this month and it's your birthday next month and that sort of thing that makes a little bit more sense because it's kind of a a pattern but I kind of feel like if you invite people over man you're right in the- yeah I think that's what for Paul I, I'm sure that's what it is you got your group of friends and there's an understanding there right but I mean this is if this is like these one off things or what have you I think it's a different situation but, at least but, I'd be surprised okay yeah. okay let's put the shoe on the other foot though Len let's say you get invited to one of these you're not the person that did the inviting you were invited to this now you sit down at this restaurant you have a nice meal you celebrate the birthday person because that's the etiquette that's in this piece and that's the way you feel is that okay that person invited me when the check comes, do you wait for them or do you volunteer to help pay? Well, me being me, Joe, I would volunteer. I do volunteer. I would always, especially for something like that, I'd say, hey, you know, but here's what I'd be expecting. And if they didn't, I'd say, fine, here, take my money. But I really would be thinking they'd say, no, I got it. I invited you. Uh, we got it covered. But honestly, I would be I would be volunteering to pay. So you think the correct etiquette here is they invited you. Their job is to pay, but your job as the guest is to volunteer to help, and their job is to say no. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. like this dance, right? Wow, it humans keeps, are complicated. Well, you know what? I wouldn't come empty-handed either, probably. You know, if I'm coming, if somebody's invited me to something like that, I probably wouldn't come empty-handed. I'd probably come with a gift of some sort, you know. Gold bar. There, there is something being transferred to the other person. Yeah. Same idea here. OG, you've got kids. The next one here, you're inviting other people to your kid's birthday party. So there's, let's say, a theme park ticket, ice skating rink entrance fee, or some activity Mm -hmm. fee. Done all of this, by the way. You you pay for everybody to get in? You pay for everybody to get in. You guys agree with that, Paula? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, that one seems seems pretty easy to me. Was that the case with your family, Len? Yep. You paid for everybody to to go to the paintball to practice Doomsday? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you're on your first date and the bill arrives. Let's see if Len can dust off his memory <laughs> of that occasion. First date, I always paid. Now I'm an old timer. So, you know, I think things have changed. At least it even says in this, uh, art, this little paragraph here. But to me back then it was, Hey, the man pays for the, for the meal or the date or what have you. But I understand now, apparently that has changed, Joe. Maybe Paula could tell us. I think typically, um, I, I'd say among a lot of millennials, you go half and half. You just split the bill. See, that surprised me, Paula. It seems like it would follow everything else we've read here, that it would be whoever asked pays. I don't think that that's, I mean, at least in my own experience, I don't really see that pattern play out. For a first date, it's half and half. And then if it's somebody that you're going to continue seeing, you can sort of take turns. I'll get the tab this time. You get the tab next time. We're doing today's episode live in on uh, CastBox, and our friend Daryl says, Len's so old, he paid with gold dust. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a story there, Len. Did you? Well, well, well in that's fairness, not totally it's untrue. <laughs> <laughs> I am old. In, in fairness, it's not the apocalypse yet. So you save the gold dust. Daryl, who said that, that, should know better. You don't spend the gold dust until you. Well, need actually, Daryl, for small purchases, I would use silver. <laughs> there, <laughs> that's why. That's why God made silver. There, there <laughs> it is. Uh, next one. This is a tough one. Oh, gee, let's go to you. You spill red wine. On your host carpet. Okay. What do you do financially there? Do you agree to pay for it? Gosh, the carpet cleaner's there tomorrow morning. Yeah. 
I mean, you clean up what you can clean up, obviously, but then I wouldn't even ask. I would say the carpet cleaner will be here tomorrow and take care of this. Paula, I really liked that. And I went to OG because I knew he hasn't read the article. Uh, I, but I really like I really like what they said in this article. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what they said in the article was that first you clean it up as much as you can immediately. Done. Then you offer to the host that you will. Uh, hey, let's let's have a conversation about what this is going to cost to clean up. And I like, so by offer- the way. I like the, by the way, not to cut you off, but I like that, this idea of a conversation, because I don't want to let that go under the, under the rug. The fact that you're having a conversation means you're going to get to help figure out who exactly cleans it up and how much that's going to cost. Exactly. That did surprise me that the article didn't say you just offer to pay for it. You, the offer said, the article said, you say to the host, Hey, let's chat about what this is going to cost to clean up. Let's discuss what uh, the next steps are, essentially. Probably cost And then the host's reply is supposed to be, don't worry about it. This is a risk of throwing a party. Which I totally agree with, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like kind of a a very sophisticated song and dance routine, but I I totally get where all of that is coming from. Yes, just like the last one. Uh, You volunteer to pay for it. They say, no, it's the cost. It's like... uh, Rob Lowe in the movie about last night, Len, which I know is your favorite movie where he says, you know, it's not a party until something gets broken. Isn't that a chick flick? If that's a chick flick, I've never seen it. It's your favorite movie. (laughs) I guess it kind of depends on, I I, I guess I was thinking spilled wine. Like I knock the bottle over and I've got like, you know, a huge spill, like you drip some wine. That's the cost of doing a party, but you, spill the bottle. I, I, in fact, I would probably also think to replace the bottle of wine with another bottle of wine in addition to having the carpet cleaner. You go. You would go to their fridge and grab another bottle I would bottle totally of wine. be like, guys, this one's empty. Get a new one <laughs> that, that, with some better stuff because this was terrible. If, you know, if, I was, if my guests reimbursed me for everything that was broken at parties that we've had, you know, I'd, I'd be a millionaire. I mean, it's not just spilled wine. It's, you know, broken furniture, holes in walls, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Damn, you throw some parties, Len. <laughs> holes in walls? What kind of parties do you throw? <laughs> I'm coming. Oh, I don't that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but the, when you did the hole in the wall party, nobody of your friends probably had any money to fix drywall, you know, at that point. <laughs> you know, because when hey, you... Hey, much more you do, do it yourself back then. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, OG. so... So let's test this theory. I'm going to throw some wine on the carpet down here in the basement and see. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, How we much does have... a bottle of club soda cost? Exactly. Just do it. Be the gracious person who made the mistake and, and take care of it. I'm just starting to learn, though, Paula. Apparently, there's angry people that are celebrating the apocalypse over at Len's house. <laughs> like it's a big, it's a big You know, rave. the great thing about a gold bunker is that you can't stain the gold with wine, right? So if you spill <laughs> wine on the floor of a gold bunker, I mean, it's you don't have to worry about cleaning up the floor. <laughs> there yeah, it is. It doesn't rust. Uh, n- next one. Len, you're on a road trip and it's time to get gas. Road trip. Five yes. guys. <laughs> Yes. Now, this is interesting because this happened to my daughter. Oh, not a few months ago. She she was going on a road trip. She was driving. She had six friends. She was probably going, oh, gosh, how many miles? That's probably 250 miles, I'm guessing. And they didn't offer to reimburse her at first for driving. Not at all. I was like, no. And I was like, man, you got to make them pay. Chip in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that OG just a, like, code I mean, I thought when I saw this one, I'm like, yeah, everybody pitches in for gas. So I have an interesting perspective on this because my after school activity involves a lot of traveling. It's kind of funny because some of the people will say, hey, I've got this fill up like here. I'm going to use my credit card right now to fill the tank up for this leg of the trip. That'll be my contribution. Yeah. Which is cool. Some people just as soon as they get in the car, throw 20 bucks on the dash and go, that's close enough. And I'm not one to you know figure it out and say, well, actually, it's 22, so you're a little light, you know. But I do wonder how it'll change as it relates to, or how it would change if it, if the fuel prices were more, or if the distance was longer. Like, where does that 20 bucks get you? You know what I mean? Like, how far down the line does that cover you for? You yeah, know, like, you, yeah, like what's the acceptable number to throw on the dashboard? Exactly. Yeah, but if it's close, Paula, I mean, do you care either way? Does it matter either way? 
Uh, if it's close, no. I mean, the other way that I've seen it done, in fact, this actually just happened with me uh, recently, was I was driving a friend. We weren't going that far, but it was, you know, far enough that a gas reimbursement would be considered the norm. And we ended up uh, dropping by a grocery store on our way out of town. And I picked up like maybe $10, $15 worth of stuff just for myself. And so when we both approached the checkout aisle, she she just paid for everything. You know, she was like, here, I'll, I'll get all the, you know, the yeah. snacks and waters and everything yeah. that you're checking out. And snacks so that ended up being uh, the way that she chipped in for gas, essentially, was she just picked up another bill. And then that's the second time that I've seen a friend do it like that. You know, I've also had friends who we stop by a, a Del Taco or something or stop by a taco stand and they just grab the bill. You stayed away from fourth meal there. <laughs> I know, right? Not Del. Taco you Bell. You know Taco Bell has happy hour? <laughs> I did see that now. Yeah. Yeah. Get all the Mountain Dew you want. 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Happy hour at Taco Bell. It always is happy hour at Taco Bell, I thought. <laughs> it's it's like 45 minutes later that's unhappy hour. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but the bottom line here, what's the bottom line? Because we all know people, I'm sure everybody who's hanging out with us, listen to this, has met people that don't understand these rules. I mean, that totally don't get these rules. What's the big takeaway here, Len? Don't be a cheapskate, I guess. <laughs> hey, look, if somebody, in, here's my bottom line. If somebody invites you somewhere or to someplace, it's not your obligation. That's my that's my opinion. But so the wallet always stays be, home. All, I guess you should always be ready to pay in case somebody else doesn't follow that etiquette. Paul, anything to add? I would say when you feel financially secure yourself personally, then you are more ready to be kind of generous and abundant and vice versa. Like if you are more generous and abundant, you probably also are more financially secure. So I would, if you're really on the the edge and an extra $10 is going to put you under some extreme financial stress, don't go out, stay at home. And uh, if you are going to go out, make sure you you've got some wiggle room so that in case you accidentally do knock over a glass of wine and spill it on somebody's carpet, you know, you've got the wiggle room to deal with it if you need to. Well, I think that's important. Kind of know financially what you're getting into before you go. Right. And if you can't afford to pay, make sure that that's cool with the host, I would think, because there's some friends I've had in the past where I know that they didn't want to go to something purely because they couldn't pay, but we wanted them out. Uh, with us. What do you say in that situation? Mm, well, as long as that's up front and there's a clear conversation, you know, where so-and-so says, hey guys, I would love to come, but I'm going to have to decline because I just don't have the money right now. And then somebody says, oh, here, I'll I'll pay for your dinner, right? When it's clearly stated like that up front uh, and the agreement is made beforehand, that's great. Yeah. But when somebody shows up and then just tries to, you know, everyone's pitching in for the bill and they just shortchange the bill by $10. Like that's just stupid. That's just lame. Yeah. Or by 40, <laughs> which, which I couldn't believe. Or your brother shows up and goes, I'll take the $125 steak, please. Light it on fire. It's great. You know, yeah. That's a, that's a, a story from the old days. Mm -hmm, sure. Is. Uh, OG, anything dad? I think you can never go wrong by being gracious. If somebody offers to pay, but never assuming that it's going to happen. You know, if you're at a big dinner table and the bill comes, you can never go wrong by throwing out your credit card or throwing, you know, and let the host say, no, no, I've got this. And then you just graciously accept it and call today. Like we do most Fridays here on the show, it's time for our Friday FinTech segment. And if you're new to the party here, we don't endorse these companies. I'm just very much a FinTech nerd. I love the new stuff on my phone. I love new apps. I absolutely love innovations in security and banking and insurance. I think it's all pretty fun to watch. The world evolve. And uh, if there's anything new that's really cool, I want you to hear about it at the same time I do. So while we don't endorse these companies, we get to learn about them together. And today is an awesome one. I was introduced just a couple of weeks ago to this company called Token. And Token helps people protect themselves against online payment fraud. And the way they do it is really, really interesting. In fact, we'll put their 
YouTube video on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com and you can check that out. But if you've ever worried about fraud while you're shopping online, this is a tool that was designed to take care of that. Listen to these stats, by the way. 92% of consumers have security concerns after shopping online. It costs people $263 on average out of pocket to recover from payment fraud. takes up to 90 days to resolve. One in four people will be a victim of payment fraud in the next three years. I was one in the last three years. By the year 2031, potentially every American consumer could fall victim to payment fraud. And there's a growing economic impact. 60% of American consumers have abandoned an online shopping cart because they were worried about security. That's probably a good idea, isn't it? Well, let's talk about security. Let's talk about a company working in that area coming down the stairs to the basement from Token. Let's say hello to CEO Zohar Steinberg. And coming down the stairs to the basement, it's our new friend Zohar Steinberg. How are you, man? I'm good. Great being here in the basement with you, Joe. Well, I'm glad you could stop by on the Token World Tour telling everybody about it. I just saw you on Fox uh, Business this morning. Now you're with us. That was kind of a nice warm up for the basement, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, Fox, you do to warm up and then you come to the basement in order to do the real job. That's right. Absolutely. Get under these hot lamps here. Well, let's talk about Token. Did this start out because you saw something in the marketplace that wasn't happening or was it a personal story on your end? It started as a personal thing. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, my credit card started to get stolen, being a victim of different data breaches, and they just didn't make any sense to me. I was uh, a heavy uh, PayPal user, and I was trying to use PayPal wherever I could. But in a lot of places, I couldn't use PayPal just because it wasn't supported. 2013, 14, having your card stolen, when we have all this amazing technology around us, we're carrying mobile phones with CPUs that are 10 times stronger than the spaceship that landed on, on the moon in the 60s, and we still experience fraud, just didn't make any sense to me. It's funny you say that because I actually, I was reading a meme recently that said, we have the power of the universe in our hands and we use it to watch cat videos. <laughs> Exactly that, you know, and, and, and if you think about it, we have this amazing tech in our wallet, in our pocket, and in the other pocket, we have the wallet with uh, cards that are really not designed to the way we live today, cards that were designed by our grandparents in the 50s and still work in the same way that we take this 16-digit number that we have and we just spread them all over the internet, same number, uh, and then we're kind of uh, surprised I got hacked, there was a data breach, how can it be? Well, well, let's talk about token then. First of all, can anybody listening to this use token? Anybody in the U.S. with a U.S. bank account, credit card, or debit card can use token. So essentially what token is doing is that instead of using your regular card all over the internet or over the phone when you're calling the Chinese restaurant to order food, we give you the opportunity or the option to link any bank account, credit card, or debit card. And on top of that, you can create virtual cards and you have a card per store. You're going to have a card for Amazon that will be only be used on Amazon. Another one for Instacart, another one for Uber, your mobile bill, your cable bills, your taxes, everything that you want to pay for. And as a result, you have a payment account per store that you can stop or resume whenever you want. If Amazon is getting breached or a merchant is getting breached, your cards will never be able to use anywhere else. So when you hear about the next data breach, you can sit back comfortably and saying, another data breach, I'm not affected. Now, this is this is really interesting, and I want to make sure there's a bunch of stuff you went over that it took me a little while to get the aha around all the, all the cool things that you just said. So the first thing is, there isn't a token credit card. I'm putting my own cards into token, correct? Correct. We don't sell any financial services. We are completely a data security company helping you to protect your own credit card, debit card, or bank account. Which means that I still get my rewards for from my reward point places. I'm still going to pay the bill to the same place. None of that changes at all. You're still going to see the same charges on your statement. Reward points depend on the card that you have. If okay. you, for example, have a specific card for Hilton and you purchase on Hilton, we can't pass those points. It's not going to work. But if you have all those cards that you have the flat 1.2%, 2%, 1% or specific categories, yes, you're going to get them also. Gotcha. Okay. And then so I, I keep my same credit cards. And then when I spend money at Amazon, if there's a data breach at Amazon, 
they can't go any place with that data. There's nowhere for them to go because it's a different, you, you guys have, have essentially created a different number than what I use at, let's say, uh, the, the grocery store. Correct. Essentially, think about it as you have a different card per store that is locked to that store, cards that you don't need to manage, you, need, you don't need to remember, but you have full control over. So this becomes your Amazon default card. This is the card that you have in checkout on Amazon every single time. And if there is a data breach, I can go into the token app and just switch that off. Or I can just keep it switched off all the time except when I use it. Correct. Absolutely like that. And to be completely honest, even if this card is getting a breach, you don't need to do anything with it because it's locked to Amazon in any case. <laughs> Nobody can use it anywhere else. <laughs> Right. Unless somebody's going to go whole hog on Amazon. I don't know. Buying, buying a lot of stuff in that one place. The, Absolutely. Now, I said I said app. Is token uh, app-based? Is it web-based? How does the product itself work? Where do I start? So the product is mobile-centric, uh, mainly for the reason of security and for you to have what is called a two-factor authentication. So you have your mobile phone and the account. So even if somebody have access to your account and they don't have access to your phone, they can't hack you. And on top of that, there is a browser extension, which is an extension of the mobile app. So you can use at the browser. So when you're browsing online and you're getting to a checkout page, the app itself will pop out and say, hey, do you want to use token? So we're trying to make it as easy as we can for the consumers. That brings up the next piece, which is how do you guys make money then? So the app is completely free for consumers just because we don't think we consumers should pay for our privacy. Uh, doesn't make any sense. It's our data. <laughs> And uh, we were able to build token in a way that we're making a portion of the fee that the merchant is paying to the networks. Got it. Next question. I know you guys aren't sitting still. What's coming up next? What's the next thing that you guys are working on at uh, Token World Headquarters? Our goal is to put this solution in the hands of as many people as we can. That's, that's what we want to do. The first, let's call it, feature that we were focusing on was indeed the security element. Enable you to make sure that you will not be affected by fraud. But as we continue to develop the product, we saw that we actually built a more, a more substantial solution. So, for example, imagine that you can now have control over the payments to specific merchants. Let's say that you have a subscription with Time Magazine and you want to stop this payment because you stopped the, stop the subscription. You can go into the app and freeze the card. From that point onwards, even if somebody is going to charge you, you're not going to get any charges. So you can avoid unauthorized charges. If now you want to go and unfreeze it, you just go into the app, you unfreeze it. So this is something that people are using more and more. Another example is something that you cannot do today with your existing card. Imagine that you have a nanny or you have a teenage son or daughter that want to play online. Instead of giving them your credit card, create a card for them. Share it with them. A card that you can control how much they can spend, when they can spend it. And if you don't want them to spend it anymore, just stop it or cancel it. Freeze, unfreeze, limit, share a lot of new opportunities for our customers to use. And it's all in one place. Uh, people, to start off the journey, where do they head? Just to the App Store? Yeah, you can go to the App Store, search for token on the Apple Store or token app on the Google Store. Or to make it easy, even easier, just go to our website, jointoken.com, and from there you can download the, download the app. Awesome. And we'll have that link, jointoken.com, and links to the App Store, the Google Store, on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Matt Zohar, thanks a ton for stopping by and spending a few minutes talking token with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, I'm listening to your show for a while and uh, I love the fact that you're advocating for consumers and you're trying to find them the right solutions. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to uh, correct or fix a, a broken system that didn't put the consumers in the center, didn't look at our needs and create the first solution, which is for consumers, by consumers. We truly believe that consumers shouldn't need to choose between convenience or instant gratifications of buying online on one side and then thinking that they're compromising the security on the other. So we build a solution that enables you to enjoy both worlds. So you know that you can get that, the confidence in buying and have the security in paying online uh, without having to compromise your information. And this idea about a broken system, you're not kidding. I mean, we could have a whole one hour discussion about how broken the system is 
But thanks a ton for stopping by, man. And congratulations on a great job with Token. Thanks. You're looking forward to the next visit. Trivia fans, you know that today is National Etch-A-Sketch Day, right? Which, uh, you know, I wouldn't have mentioned except that Joe's mom just tried to log into her iPad. Turns <laughs> out she doesn't even own one. Just an Etch-A-Sketch. In other news, we're out of bourbon. Hey, Joe, we're out of bourbon again. In other, other news, let's get on to something more important. Like the fact that the minimum wage law was first passed in the USA back in 1933. What was the first minimum wage? I'll be back with an answer in just a moment. For those of you new to the shindig since the beginning of the year, our contributors have been out and out fighting an incredible battle to see who can win this year's trivia challenge. And the score right now, Mr. Penzo has seven and uh, Miss Paula has six and Mr. OG has six. Last time we gathered together, everybody was over. We play this Price is Right style with the closest uh, or the uh, closest without going over wins the day. OG, you have gone from first to last, so you get to decide. I'm just letting everybody catch up. Are you going to guess first in the middle or last? Last. Paula? I will guess in the middle. And Len, that means I'll you are... Last. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shockingly that's taken so the minimum wage back in 1933 len yes that's a good question (laughs) i'll tell you what let's see when i started way back when which was like 1935 so we're close let's see like in 1981 yeah was it 81 I think 81, the minimum wage was, uh, what was it? I think it was $2.64. So let's see, 1933. Oh my gosh. Uh, I had to be strategic here because I don't want to be Chelsea Brennan. Uh, Although I will be Chelsea Brennan. I guess, uh, let's see, it's way less than 263. I'll say 262. uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Thirty-three. I'm gonna say this is hourly, huh? I'm gonna say a quarter. Twenty-five cents. Paula, what do you think? Ooh. I well. I guess the question is, do I think it was less or more? <laughs> That is one cent or 26 cents. That exactly. Is, that yeah, is, those are my two. Just a second. <laughs> let's shine a light on the brilliance that is Paula Pant. <laughs> <laughs> those are my two options. I'm going to guess it was more. <laughs> you got to watch it. OG's right behind you. I know, right? <laughs> well, then I'll leave some space. I'm going to go with 37 cents. 37 cents. All right, OG. Uh, Len, I might ask a question. I wasn't paying attention. Um, What did you say the hourly wage was in like 81 or whenever you? I think it was was 265 or something like that or 263 or something, something like that. Okay. So if inflation doubles every 25 years give or take at 3%. So that means it would have been in 65, 75, no, in 55, right? So 55, 65, 70, that's 25. So 55 would have been like a dollar. Half that is, gosh darn. That's a good number, Paula. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go with one penny. Oh, bless you. I have some room. He goes right to the bottom. You know, it's either above Paula's between Len and Paula or below. Wow. Did you learn that from Paula? I did. <laughs> also, I've been so bad at this lately that... Um, well, let's see if you're going to turn things around here. But of course, we're going to do that in just a second. I was on an airplane again this week. OG, I feel like lately a jet setter. I actually have... I've got airports down to a science. Remember that uh, George Clooney movie up in the air? And he talks about it one part in the movie, like, don't get behind families with kids. I actually got behind a guy who is very well-dressed this week. 
he took forever to get his stuff on the conveyor belt. And I'm like, come on, buddy. I bet on you. I was sure you were going to be the guy. And he just took forever. And I couldn't go around him. He didn't get out of the way. But luckily, I was early for my airplane. So it wasn't that big a deal. But I'll tell you again, while I was walking through the airport, somebody asked me about my bag. Specifically, is that an away bag? And somebody was telling me about an away store. I didn't even know. Nothing in this piece tells me that away now has stores. For those of you wondering what I'm talking about, away makes affordable, high-quality suitcases that also charge your phone. And by cutting out the middleman, they can offer you the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price. Seriously, I have never had a bag that I've cared about. I am that guy who goes to TJ Maxx and buys the cheapest bag I can find. This is one of the few places, by the way, where I feel like I have to buy a new one because I don't want a used bag to rip. I mean, I think a used suitcase is used for a reason, right? You, just, you don't just unload your suitcase. I don't know. Comes in a variety of options. You can get the carry-on, the bigger carry-on. I've got one each of those, the medium or the large. Always design the perfect suitcase to make your travel experience stress-free. The carry-on bags feature two USB ports and a high-capacity battery that lets you charge multiple devices on the go. And these things have a ton of charge, so you never have to worry about a dead phone or fight for an outlet at the airport. They're ultra-durable yet lightweight, made with premium impact-resistant German polycarbonate. If it's American polycarbonate, that's one thing. German German polycarbonate, I don't even know what polycarbonate is. Sounds good, though. It does have a smooth ride in any direction. Four 360-degree spinner wheels that don't get stuck or break. Those TJ Maxx bags I bought, they always broke. It's uh, theft-proof. Even overpackers can fit in everything they need. Comes with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, Away's going to fix it or replace it for life. By the way, the carry-on sizes are compliant with every major U.S. airline, so... It maximizes the amount that you can pack. You get a risk-free 100-day trial period. Can it get any better? If at any point you decide it isn't for you, which I can't imagine why that would be, uh, you can return it for a full refund, no questions asked. So here's a special offer, Stackers, just for cool people like you and I who are involved in this program. For $20 off an Away suitcase, go to awaytravel.com forward slash SB20. Use promo code SB20 at checkout. Plus, get free shipping anywhere in the lower 48 states. That's awaytravel.com forward slash SB20. Promo code SB20. All the bets are on the board. Doug's waiting in the wings to tell us who the winner is. But first, Len, you said a quarter on the nose. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good. I, this is the biggest spread I've had in it in this game in a while. And, you know, I'm, you guys have been uh, just giving me no room to breathe. So, yes, I feel great. I got 12 cents to play with. Get out of my space, people. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, you're at 37 cents. OG tells you it's a great guess and then completely dive bombs to a penny. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling good. I've got the entire board, you know. So, yeah, I've got space. I'm solid. And OG, one penny. I think it's under 25 cents, but just barely. We shall see. Doug, it's up to you, man. Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and maybe we should have focused on Etch-A-Sketch Day because Joe's mom just drew the best Etch-A-Sketch drawing I have ever seen. It's like this sideways picture of the George Washington Monument with these two big cherries Presumably, you know, from like the Washington family cherry orchard, right? I mean, that makes sense. But for some reason, she thinks it's hilarious. Probably the bourbon she drank. Anyway, I think it's a very holiday themed. And, you know, nice work, Ma! Here's another reason to celebrate. I've got your trivia answer. The question was this. The first minimum wage law was passed back in 1933 in the USA. What amount of money was the first minimum wage? According to HR Direct and UC Davis, those are the sources you used? Like you couldn't go right to the government or a history book? Anyway, okay. According to HR Direct and UC Davis, the first mandated minimum wage in the USA was a whopping $25. Oh, wait a minute. No, there's a decimal point there. Oh, it was a whopping 25 cents. That's the equivalent of $6.50 today. Day 50, 6.50. Wait, 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 wait. 6.50? How are you guys only paying me the 
25 cents. What is going on here? I got to get to the bottom of this. See ya. Yeah. Whoa. Penzo nails it. Again. <laughs> Did you also nail the number of barrels for the barrel jumping? No, but I nailed the... Uh, how much it cost to, to build a bunker you did to the, to the penny. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's right. We're, you weren't here that week, Paula. I don't remember that one. I'm just wowing about the fact that even if I had guessed 26 cents, Len still would have won. It was over before it started. Yeah. Mr. N- Penzo pulls away. What does OG have to say about that? Well, I thought that you were really close, actually. I was thinking maybe it'd be 30 cents, but maybe it would be 20 the fact that it was a quarter made a lot of sense because it was, you know, kind of a round number, a easy number yeah. to use. Yeah. So, I thought it was just under that. Maybe it might have been like twenty cents instead of twenty-five, but it's a good guess. Cheater. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no hard feelings. It's weird that you nailed it exactly right, but um, oh yeah, because twenty-five cents. <laughs> Well, let's not focus on that. Let's take out the magnifying glass and help somebody do better with their money instead. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. You know, let's play for all the prizes here. <laughs> we haven't even identified a prize. But Len is going to make sure he, he, he gets them all. When you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, you know what you find? You'll find those financial products you use every day are nowhere near the best in class. Over 92% of the products available online, they're all ranked at magnify money. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money for more. And today we're helping Lynn magnify her money. Say hi, Lynn. Hey guys, this is Lynn previous caller. I didn't learn anything last time, but I thought maybe if I ask another question, I might learn something this time. I'm going to come into between five and $7,000 this summer after I pay off all my travel expenses from long-term work travel. What do I do with the money? My current situation is I max out my Roth TSP. I also make all my catch-up contributions in my TSP, but I don't have a brokerage account, and I have no investments outside my retirement accounts. I do have some cash accounts. So I figure I got a couple of options. One would be to max out my Roth IRA this year. The second would be to make a lump sum payment on my mortgage, which I'm going to pay off in about six and a half years, or open a brokerage account. What are your thoughts? I thought maybe I'd learn something. Well, probably not, but I'd still like to know what you think. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for the question, Lynn. Let's see if we can teach Lynn something. The bar is high, Mr. Penzo. The bar is high. Which one of those do you like the best or do you like an, a fourth option maybe? You know what? I mean, you don't know the whole underlying story of where she's at financially, right? So, uh, you know, if she's if she has not saved enough for retirement, I would immediately go ahead and put it in her Roth. That's what I would do. But if she has and if she's well positioned already and she feels comfortable with four or five grand – I wouldn't use it to pay down the the mortgage, but that's just me. Uh, heck, man, I'd go out and, um, I don't know, use it for uh, whatever you want to use it for. Have fun with it. I, you know, I, I, these, I just don't know how, what she, where she's at. I love this. I love your point here, though, Len. It all depends on if she's ahead or behind. Correct. And if she's ahead, go have fun with the money. I mean, that's a windfall as far as I'm concerned. That's travel money, that excess travel money, as I understand it, from a long business trip that you were on. It must have been a heck of a long business trip. Enjoy yourself. That's what I would do with it. And and if you're not ahead of the game, yeah, then put it in a Roth or something because you got to save for retirement. That's very important. Or take your favorite podcasters out. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yes, And we wouldn't have to worry about who's paying. Right, because she invited us. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the etiquette. We got that down. You know, I want to ask you about the mortgage. You said, but point blank, you would not pay off the mortgage. Why not? Well, this is this is just me. You know, I, I originally my my philosophy has changed. I used to aggressively pay down my mortgage, and I was doing that until about eight or nine years ago, and then I switched. And I decided that the return for that was it just wasn't enough. I could make more investing it in stocks or um, I, I was just better off using that money elsewhere, especially since the interest rate on my mortgage was so low. Um, it just it, it just didn't make sense anymore for me to pay off the mortgage. So yeah, for, uh, 
Yeah, for most people, historically, doing that Roth or brokerage, depending on the risk level you used of investments, you'll beat that mortgage fairly easily. Yeah. Uh, Paula, what do you think? I would uh, put the money in a retirement account or shore up your emergency fund, you know, make that a little bit, a little bit bigger. Or if there is some major expense that you will have to pay for in the next five years, let's say that your car is on its last legs and you might need to replace it or whatever, stick it in a, essentially a a savings equivalent for some big ticket item so that you can pay for that thing in cash. What if that YOLO or what if that big thing is now, you know, what about, uh, what about seizing the moment, Paula? Well, I mean, are we talking about spending it on some major expense that is a long held dream or are we talking about frittering it away on impulse? I think that's the, the delineating line. And you're saying if it's, if it's an impulse purchase, go for it. It's long held dream. No, (laughs) squash it. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I didn't hear the mortgage there from you either. Yeah. You know, I think if a person does want to pay off their mortgage, one of the, I think more prudent approaches is to take the money that you would spend in making those additional mortgage payments and put it in a taxable brokerage account that is invested conservatively and uh, and let the money accumulate there until you could, in theory, take that entire amount, you know, until it grows enough and it accumulates enough that you could, in theory, then take that entire amount and apply it as one giant lump sum payment towards your mortgage, wiping the whole thing out in one big check. And once you have enough money in your taxable brokerage account that you could do that, then you can decide whether or not you want to do that. OG? I'm with Len on this one. Assuming that all the financial goals are on track, you know, she gave us a little hint there about maxing out my 403 or uh, TSP rather, doing the catch up contribution. That might be good enough if it worked for the government. You got the TSP, maybe you've got a pretty decent pension and you're on track for, you know, your retirement goals. You just spent a whole boatload of time at work long enough that they're going to send you seven or eight thousand dollars after what I assume would be your expenses that you actually incurred that you're paying off with the rest of the money. So I kind of like turning that into some found money thing, whether it's a an excuse for a vacation or it's a thing that you needed slash wanted to do. Might be something like a new appliance or a remodel or a, you know, whatever, whatever are some of those bucket list item things that, that is the kind of, wouldn't it be nice if you just kind of got this money handed to you now, cash reserve sucks, or you're not on track for retirement, all that you have to do. And then I'm with Paula, what she said about the mortgage. If your mortgage balance is 7,000, hell yes, I would pay that off right now. But if it's more than 200,000. I don't remember what she said, if she said, but uh, yeah, she's six and a half years away. So she's yeah, not, I mean, it's going to be more than 7,000 probably. Yeah. If that's something that you said, boy, I'd like to have this done in five and a half years instead of six and a half years. Yeah. Then set it in a brokerage account and let it sit there for the next five and a half years and write a check. Yeah. And just remember that that six and a half, with six and a half years to go, she's paying all, probably almost zilch interest. It's all principal. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah You're she, not getting anything out of it. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The man, in quotes, has largely gotten his already the way amortization tables work. Thanks for the question, Lynn. You got a question for the show? Head to stackofbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail and leave your question there. And you too could have... Paula Lennon OG, answer your question. That's going to do it for today, guys. Uh, let's find out what's happening where you live. Len, as is customary, you will tell <laughs> us what's going on at the persistentitch.com. Hey, you know what? Let's stay in theme. And it's just by coincidence. I've got uh, one of our writers, one of my writers, Mikey Rocks, has put together 22 home hacks for removing common stains, including <laughs> wine on carpet. But he's got 21 others. I mean, weird stuff, stuff that you would you know, think that you can't get out. He's got these hacks that work to get it out. So it's just awesome. Mikey Rocks is still the best name. You don't think that's his real name? I tend to think that. <laughs> how, many, how many X's at the end? Yes. Are there three X's? R-O-X-X-X? Right. I don't know. Uh, Paula, what's happening at Afford Anything? 
Recently, we aired an interview with Nomadic Matt. He spent uh, more than a decade traveling around the world full time, and he talks about spending a decade as a full-time traveler. Also coming up, I have an interview with Gabriel Weinstein and Lauren McCann. They co-authored a book called Super Thinking, which is all about mental models, which is another way of saying frameworks for thinking. So they discuss how to be better at the skill of thinking, how to be a better thinker. So that's coming up at the Afford Anything podcast, which you can download anywhere you listen to podcasts. What does Matt do when he stops traveling? Does he rebrand himself as homebody Matt? <laughs> yeah, I suppose gardening Matt. Garden, right. <laughs> Camping Matt. I don't know. Uh, sedentary Matt. Camping Matt. Camp, dun, dun, bump. Yeah, she's here all week, folks. OG, what do you got going on? Well, we are about to start our official summer vacation of a couple of weeks here. We All those other vacations. Those all were. the other summer vacations were not official. <laughs> were not now summer vacation. Pretenders. Legitimately summer vacation. We actually started about two and a half weeks early because we went to the uh, College World Series. Michigan played in the uh, finals, got their faces kicked in by Vanderbilt. And that we just kind of continued north after that for a few weeks. And um, so... I have yet to find out from Mrs. OG whether or not our vacation ends when it was supposed to start, because that's when I've got the days off, or are we extending it and she gets more time off? I'm not, I haven't been told yet, so it might be the end of my summer vacation before it started. <laughs> well, hang on for the exciting conclusion to that story, because <laughs> we'll know very soon you here. You will know, yeah. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from our panel. In an awkward situation, try and laugh it off, and don't be the person who always picks up the tab, but you know, do your part. Remember Ken Honda's advice from a few weeks ago. Losing a little on a few small transactions can pay dividends when you need big help later. Second, worried about the uh, do I pay down debt or invest question like Lynn on today's Magnify Money Call? Remember the answer always comes down to interest rates, cash flow, and the total amount you owe. If you can pay down the debt fast and it'll earn you good cash flow, do that. If the interest rate is low and you can't pay it off fast, then it may be better to invest. But the big lesson? Do not worry about the Stacking Benjamins team taking care of you. Even though I'm paid way below minimum wage, turns out I make up for that and more in these things called benefits. Like, you know, I get to use the same microphone the guys do, and I get to sit in a chair while I do this with a, a nice cushion even on the folding up part. And I can even ask Joe's mom for a thing of canned peaches once a week. She says no every week, but, you know, I get to ask. And there's always someday, right, kids? Just remember, keep working hard, and someday you can be as well compensated as old Doug here. Special thanks to Zohar Steinberg from Token. Want more information? Head on over to jointoken.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of lenpenzo.com and thepersistentitch.com. Paula Pant appears courtesy of AffordAnything.com and the Afford Anything Podcast. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I do not like computer jokes, not one bit. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. And it's a wrap. Thanks everybody hey, quick, for hanging wait, out. Before anybody goes, Joe. Okay. If anybody does anybody have a, a random question for the eight ball? Oh, <laughs> oh I, I have a random question. No, we'll hold see, on. If, see if you're listen, lo yeah, listeners. We're, we're so. asking the. We've got uh, thirty people hanging out with us here. I've got one for Len. Did Len hear the little Easter egg that Joe put into the show right before he asked you what you were doing? I'm guessing not.
No, I didn't. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> well, he, he, he said, well, when he said, uh, what's happening over at the persistent itch.com. Oh, I heard that. Oh, oh yeah, I heard that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I got that. that one go across play. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, wow, you didn't say anything about that. Okay. All right. Well, it's just accepted now. It's a, that's, that's, I mean, uh, that's the alternative. We should, we should, we should get that. URL Joe and have it redirect to Limits. <laughs> we should, it's worth the twenty bucks on WordPress to do the three oh seven redirect or whatever. I think it's seriously like nine dollars for the site and then you just do the redirect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh 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 Rebecca asked asks, is your bunker really secure? Oh well. let's find out. Hesitation. Yes. <laughs> I would have liked that better if it was without hesitation. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eight Ball. Yes. Eight Ball <laughs> saved your bacon. Uh, if anybody else has one, and then we're going to call this a night. <laughs> wow. Not yet. Not a, yet. A little ball. afterglow there by the Eight Ball. <laughs> I called that one right. Nice job, guys. That was a good transition. <laughs> what the heck? I had to work for it, though, <laughs> which is the usual, right? How do you get a cold in the summer? I have no idea, man. I woke, <laughs> I woke, I woke up one day and just there was a little bit. In my, you know what it was? I was on two planes back and forth from Detroit to Seattle. Yeah. And it was like three days later. That bam. Because you were in the back of the plane. That stuff doesn't happen to us folks in the front. It also doesn't help that I sat by the window. And, and licked I, it? And I licked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't you see took out, out of you it. You took out the card table and you were like rubbing your hands all over it, <laughs> licking it, like putting your food right on there without a... Without well, a well, I noticed the armrests handy. were a little sticky and I didn't have a wet wipe. <laughs> this was an airplane, right? <laughs> <laughs> Now we know the rest. Just to be clear, the story. Yes, that's what I thought, and people thought I was kidding. That's the first thing I said, didn't I? When I I said, "What have you been doing that your voice is so sore?" Like, woo! Like, how much how much screaming have you done in the last two days? No. Did you ever find anything in the uh, or pocket in front of you, the airplane pocket? Sounds like oh, a, you ever find a surprise like a in there that somebody's later. left? Like a, the seat back pocket? Seat back pocket? Well, what did I say? Did I say? Air, airplane pocket, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I have found stuff in the like. seat back pocket. Well, I used to automatically just dump my phone back there. And so mm-hmm. I, I dumped the phone in the seat back pocket. And I remember one time I like pull out all of the, these wrappers. Like, and, and there's stuff stuck to them. And then on the back of my phone and it was, oh, <laughs> Bobby, who we do the money with friends podcast with Bobby rebel, Bobby uh, went to sit down in her seat and there was all kind like right in that little crease where you're, you know, between the back and the right where your butt folds into the seat. There were like all kinds of checks mix and crap, like right there. In the- <laughs> That's funny. And she told the flight attendant. And the flight attendant said, oh, that's horrible. And then said, I'm not part of the cleaning crew. Yeah, that sucks. I found a half-eaten hamburger once. No. Oh, yeah. I had a diaper. Half-eaten hamburger. And you know what Len said? It's my lucky day. (laughs) Lucky day. (laughs) (laughs) Some free food. And the next guy found a fully eaten cheeseburger. (laughs) (laughs) Let that Cancel be. my cheese platter. I've got a cheeseburger to eat. 
They came, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> they came through with the snack tray. No, I'm fine. I, I no, I got a cheeseburger. <laughs> it was here for free. I had a diaper. Did you really? Yeah. Like not oh, not a used diaper. A used diaper. Oh, yeah. that was probably um, mine. After the half a cheeseburger. <laughs> no, I mean to be fair, it was folded appropriately. Like it's like somebody you know somebody stuffed it. It was a little one, right, for an infant. You know, so they probably just changed baby right there. Yeah. Stuffed it in there and went, we'll get it on the way out. Just forgot. And but, did not. Uh, yeah. yeah, but still, that's so gross. Yeah, it's... Paula? Wow. I mean, I've only ever found magazines and newspapers. Nothing <laughs> nothing as exciting as cheeseburgers and diapers. No syringes. Well, you're the globetrotter. You've like been all around the world a hundred times. And that's... I have. I've flown a lot. You know, and I, I sometimes leave magazines in the seat back pocket for the next guest as as a gift. So oftentimes when I travel, instead of bringing a book with me, I'll bring a stack of magazines so that that way, as I finish reading them, I can leave them on planes. And then whoever sits down next is like, oh, it's Great. it's the Somebody December issue stack. of Elle featuring Taylor Swift. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> when? That's who always puts those there. <laughs> you know what I always leave there? I leave in-flight magazines and Sky Mall catalogs. That's right. <laughs> you bring stacks of extra hey, with you. What I do you is like ticks me off is the people that rip the, the the crossword puzzle out of the magazine. So like I'm sitting there and I want to do the crossword puzzle and somebody has ripped it out. Ooh, I got one. Better. Or they've used it or they've already done it and I'm screwed. A done crossword puzzle. Nope, better than that. You take a Sudoku puzzle and just fill in random numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing with the crossword. If it's if you happen to be the one, you just write words in there because. The people who are going to look at it are going to be the ones that are like, you know, like, oh, okay, I can start figuring this out or whatever. Or you leave a couple blank. So like, oh, I can I can finish this up. And they're like, what? What word goes you know there? What? That is a great idea. It's, that is a great. Just fill in one. Like if it's if it's a pristine crossword, pick yeah. something, fill in one word. It's totally wrong. Make you know? all the math. Like the sky go is crazy. And, then hit, and then enter, you know, some four letter word that has nothing to do with blue. Exactly. Imagine some uptight person finding those. Driving them crazy. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.